podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Good evening and welcome along to the show, all Forumites out there. The Forumers are in the house. Forumtologists. The Forumtologists. It's great to have you all on um, as we get to discuss all the topical things that have been going on in the world of football over the last 24 hours or so. Um, and even before that, maybe. Who knows? Joining me tonight, it's it's a smorgasbord of characters we have on the, on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we named this we used to put on this called the forum because there was four of us and you might notice that we're missing somebody at the moment so what we've done is we've done a lucky dip to see who might join us in a little while um and it'd be a big surprise we'll let you into the secret where we know we are. just we just sent the link out um so yeah just sent the link in randomly into loads of whatsapp groups so who got knows who's just, gonna come? just so uh, everyone knows neil uh, was abducted by aliens today yeah, again and again. Uh, he'll he'll never ever be back <laughs> Yeah, Nilo is a uh, is, is now officially um, on the Voyager three satellite that's going to head out of the solar system and head off to somewhere where he'd be welcome. Over on this side, of course, is my good friend, colleague, and fe- fellow founder of the LFC Day Trippers, Mister Andy Young, and down here is, of course, one of my oldest friends from back in the hood. It is, of course, my good friend Peter Smith. Welcome along, Peter Smith. Legends, who are you? Good of course, we aren't even in the same country anymore, so it's pretty impressive that modern day science allows us to put this on. Right, look, everyone's along in the chats. Great to have you all along in the chats. Great to see you all. Um, are we, what's the story with this this media blackout? Are they still doing that crap? Uh, it's ending tonight. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah Grant. Um, I'm anyway. the only one that's allowed to call it crap. Are you? All right, Grant. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't believe in it, to be totally honest with you. Um, well, so that's just. It's not going to change my life. No, no. Gestures don't change lives, but, no, you know, action no. does. Doesn't. And, and even at that, pff, who knows? Um, I'm sure they'll all finish doing the social media until they suddenly realize it's hitting them in their pockets. Um, anywho, uh, tonight, lads, we have four topics. Um, I don't know what the fourth topic is going to be because it was going to be Nilo's topic. But what I'm going to do is for all the lads in the chats, all the lads who are on there live, I want you to give me a four topic, but I don't want you to give me a four topic straight away. I want you to think about it as we go along. And as we get towards maybe around about 
quarter to 11, I want you to start thinking up of a topic based on the conversations we have and what you'd like us to bring in. Right. Uh, most importantly, hey. we do have a fourth member. It is Keith Plunkett. <laughs> We've robbed him from the Fatback Four. Uh, we brought him into the forum. Fatback yeah, Four. Into the four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hand signals. Uh, only fingers can do that for us. So it's uh, fingers young. Um, and it is uh, good to have you have yourself. So uh, Keith, I was just saying we, we have we have we had four topics, but since Nito bailed, what I was thinking of doing was we'll do our three topics um that we had planned, and then we'll do we'll we, we'll ask the lads in the chats to come up with a, a topic, say yeah, around about quarter good. to eleven or so, and we'll use their topic when it comes up because they might get pissed off with this chat <laughs> or and, and want us to talk about something else, right? Which is which yeah. is a fair show. No, um, for, I also want to say well done to Pete tonight for not being in his wardrobe um, and hopefully his <laughs> missus doesn't come out and kick him out of the front room because <laughs> I'm on guard here boys. <laughs> to be honest with you looking at the setup between you and Keith it's almost like you're on opposite sides of the same apartment I'm just saying yeah. like this is it Pete's apartment looks a lot warmer Look at that lovely Barcelona evening. Yeah, so you can't argue with that. It's yeah, minus I'm... three here. It's cold. It's raining. <laughs> yeah, it's windy. And it's pissing rain outside, Keith. There. Yeah. 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 Put, put the heating back on. Put the heating back on. No, it's just, it's not. Heating on. Stew for the dinner. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. Right, May. lads. Um, let's move it along. I have a chair tonight, so I can turn me back on this when I want. So nice. <laughs> proper host chair that's when, when Andy told me I was hosting there I said I'm going to use the host chair it's, uh, it's really good um, so if Crane Poilars goes down that route he won't be going down that route for much longer so uh, gone, our, gone already there gone we go no that's nonsense. what happens no, 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 none of that carry on goes on here whatsoever uh, right lads look the, you know, there's only been one story in the media for the last 24 hours there's only been one story yeah, that's been cracking on with. So uh, with that, that it's, it's going to give us the flavor for what we're going to talk about tonight. And I think, um, Andy, we had we have your one, you've got my one, and then we've got Pete's. But Pete's, I'm going to start with yours because it's. I think it's it's the it's the bit that's probably the most liveliest topic at the moment because I hear Carragher and Neville have been back on talking absolute bollocks again on Monday Night Football tonight, right? Mm. So, um, Pete, run us in. Where do we what start? Do you want to, what do you want to talk about tonight, Pat? I would like to talk about what I've been talking to an awful lot of our um, subscribers and listeners today on Twitter um, for the last few weeks, and that's the absolute hypocrisy that's going around, not just the Premier League, not just Sky Sports Studios, but the whole of football. I mean, I, it used to be that I would, if I wanted to be entertained by lawyers, I would switch on uh, Fox News and, you know, tune into Tucker Carlson and his mates just for a laugh to see what was going on the other the dark side of the moon. But as it transpires, post-truth, America has crept, crept over to uh, British and English football in particular. And I mean, if it's not the, for, for example, if it's not the Premier League who took two hours to respond to uh, the threat of the ESL uh, and, and take about 20 days to respond to racism, um, if it's not Newcastle fans who had been jumping up and down about everybody's lack of morals and where then wanted to petition the uh, the the Premier League to be a, for a Saudi murderous regime to come in, if it's not them, it's, it's Gary Neville um, who let me in, among his list of crimes, you know, Che Guevara himself decided that you know he would 
jump on the bandwagon of everything is evil about uh, European soccer, soccer league and owners, um, and you know basically jump up and down whenever one of the big six or the evil six decided to concede a goal. Except when Manchester United uh, played Roma the other night, and basically he just started celebrating again. And um, so it's, I, I would like to talk about hypocrisy. To be honest with you, Phil. So ask me a question, and I'll answer it. I have a, a, a ream of about three or four pages here written about the, the hypocrisy I've seen in football. Where do you want to start? We could start at the home of the new savers of football, Old Trafford, which we well, really I, should. I, I, I think it sh- I think we should because some of the shit that's been spoken over the last twenty four hours. Um, between the wanking off of each other on Sky and the, and the likes, I, I it's sickening, right? Mm. Um, and it extends out further. I'll, I'll get into my own topic later on, but but like Pete, you're, you're focusing mainly on 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 this stuff that's going on in terms of Sky, where they've where they positioned themselves as the bastions of the saviors of football after the horrific ESL has been thrown up there, right? Um, so go on, where do well, you, you where do you want to start? Like, let's start with Gary Neville. So let's start, let's with, start with the, with the yeah, big hypocrite yeah. of the lot, right? Who's getting the biggest airtime as the savior of football? They get to disgust and seeing what the, the the level of commentary that's going on out there at the moment. I mean, Captain Hypocrisy himself, to be quite honest with you, who's set himself up as the Enoch Pell down with all the foreigners. Our British listeners will know about that reference. Set himself up, to be honest with you, at, at, at who is fit and who is not to own. Spend 1.2 billion euros or pounds uh, on a on a football club. So let's start at ground zero. For me, I mean, I looked. We've looked yesterday. Everybody knows what happens. Well do- documented. But the the so called legitimate complaints of the protesters or rioters, if you want to call them, were leveraging debts um, against against the club. I mean, I didn't see I didn't see any of these protesters standing outside. Well, well, Paul Paul Pogba, Harry Maguire. Um, was signed for 80 and 90 million pounds or when uh, Alexis Sanchez was, was being 400 being paid 400 grand a week to play the piano effectively for 18 well 18 months nearly two years um, I mean I suppose there were crowds outside Old Trafford while those things were going on but they were with t-shirts saying Pog back you know or Maguire British Steel is back or with Sanchez he's chosen United over City so I mean before we even talk about Neville as a hypocrite we can talk about Manchester United supporters themselves, who I know there's been pockets of them um, complaining about the uh, the the complaining about the the Glazers. However, however, we we didn't see the level, we haven't seen the levels over the last fifteen years that we've seen yesterday, simply because they're not winning anything. I think, to be honest with you, the bottom line is Graham Sooners is right. Gary Neville is obviously sick to his eye teeth of watching Manchester City pile success after success and now that they're on the verge of probably securing another well securing a european a european cup maybe and certainly winning the premier league i think it's gone too much i think that he's shown his arse to the saudis or to amanda staley's uh, gang whoever will will invest the four or five billion pounds that it will take to to buy off the glazers and he's he's thrown in his gambit i think the the the, the real hypocrisy here is i just can't can't believe the that these guys are looking at the window and I include Jamie Carragher in this, I include Gary Neville and Michael Richards to a certain extent, and actually saying, oh, it's just a couple of idiots, um, you know, causing a ruckus and basically condoning violence and looking the other way. To be, it's, let's let's come back to that. Any. Let's come back to that. Oh, because oh, I want to put this to Andy, because I, I asked Andy about this earlier on, um, and I, I'm baffled at this, right? So from what I can get, there's no, there's no, there's no common denominator through any of the protests that go on in England or have gone in England and the fans of the football for outside of 
We want somebody to own the club that has masses of billions and will spend all the money they possibly can in the whole world to pay, but it pay, make us the best team ever and hopefully stuff every other team up. Right now, mm-hmm. Andy, am I wrong? Am I like their biggest issue seems to be at this moment in time? And, and I'm talking about the United piece, right? Mm-hmm. Gary Neville is presenting as they need fans' representation, they don't get the club, they don't get this, they don't get that. Basically, they've been the biggest spenders and the biggest wage payers in England for the best part of 30 odd years now as part of the Premier League. And the United fans just want them to spend more and pay more instead of taking the money from a club that's profitable and making them money as well. I'm, like it's, This is basically it, isn't it? Yeah, look, without, without turning this into a Man United podcast, right, but mm. like, I can understand some of our frustrations, right, because it's a story we've all followed for the last 20 years. They've been going on about this for a long time. But what happened yesterday was driven uh, by by Gary Neville's um, uh, rebel politics that's been going on for the last two weeks, Ca- referring to this rift inside the t- uh, inside the camp as um, inside the club with the fans and everything as a civil war. Now it all blew up yesterday. There was people out protesting that didn't even know why they were there. Um, like they talk about the majority were there peacefully protesting. Yeah, the majority were there pe- peacefully protesting. But even the so-called majority that they interviewed weren't even able to articulate what they were doing there. You know what I mean? Like, nothing has really changed in the last couple of weeks only. There was the talk of the Super Super League, which no matter who owns United or any big club is going to want a part of that. And and secondly, um, the, the way Sky have peddled all this up. And it was it was embarrassing to sit there and watch watch people uh, lie through their teeth and try and excuse all that violence. Like, um, Gary Neville has been on this uh, campaign and Sky have facilitated it. And it's really dangerous. They failed in their duty to report that story properly yesterday. And we'll get on to the FSG outing later on. But it's given people other ideas as well that this is this is how to actually tackle a problem. Well, it's a, pre- a very des- dangerous president, Andy, to be quite yeah, honest Yeah, and, and Sky, Sky, Sky effectively... Uh, made all that happen yesterday because Keith. people listen to idiots on the telly and they just do what they think um, what, what they think is the right thing to do and they didn't and half of them didn't know what they were doing there yesterday Keith the United thing is probably most prevalent because it's it's it's, it's those idiots who, um, who 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 have caused the ruckus that's going on, on um, today right um, and people are celebrating the fact that they're idiots but ultimately like this thing is is being boiled. Like I call United the hokey cokey team because for the best part of fifteen years they've been glazers in, glazers out. They've been doing a dance, right? So and and Sunus was on the on the button, right? There was no mention of glazers out in January and December when it looked like they were going for the league. Yeah, there was no mention. Yeah, Sky yeah. went. Sky and Carragher weren't railing against for fan involvement and fan representation when it didn't. When there was no hint of a European Super League and the potential that they'd be out of a job at Sky. Right, Pete is right here that this is all just purely being driven by Murdoch's desires to maintain his stranglehold over football rights. The fact that BT is now struggling financially, so it's probably unlikely they're going to be able to renew their interest, means that Sky's real competitors in the football rights for the English football rights are going to be companies that have significantly more resources than Sky can pay for these rights. And we're talking about the Amazons, we're talking about the Apples, we're talking about the Disneys, the ESPNs that are sitting there, right? Now, 
Sorry for a long round, but I just want to set this up because this I think this is fundamental to people understanding the level of hypocrisy they listen to. Because television nowadays is very rarely presented as both sides. Even the BBC is tainted when it comes to this because they're basically the, the BBC news and the BBC politics side is basically the mouthpiece for the conservatives in England when it comes to what it is. And I'll say the same in RTE here. Um, they pr- primarily present as the mouthpiece for the government. They don't, they, they aren't great at, at, at supporting the opposition or putting the opposition in front of people on the television. So it's just what happens. Um, and that's the way television has gone. So my point, then we go back, back to my long ramble there. But the point I'm making here, Keith, is that hypocrisy here isn't just focused on what's happened in the last 24 hours. This is a much longer thing with, with significantly longer tales that's going to have a massive impact on what goes on over the next while. Yeah, 100%. We touched on it on the Fatback 4 last night. You know that um, Sky are, are nearly pouring gas onto this fire to, to keep it going. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, What? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Keep it stoked. When they're looking, and the Premier League are looking to have a closed shop for the TV rights, they're looking to, you know, go straight to the current um, broadcasters who are Sky to get free run at the TV rights going forward. No one mentions these things. Do you know what I mean? Like, it has to be, you have to be looking at, um, teams really need to be looking at this sort of subscription Netflix style TV mm. deals that are, you know, it's in America, it's everywhere else. I mean, if you look at the TV deals, you, you can get all sports for a hell of a lot less. We're being, you know, over here you're paying for Sky Sports, but then you're not getting all the games. You have to have fucking BT, you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have some, um, you know, different subscriptions. It's an absolute scam. And the hypocrisy does stem from the fact that, you know, Sky are, are these paragons of virtue, these you know, bastions of morality and they're anything but, you know, like Gary Neville, people think, the, the biggest thing that's annoyed me is that Gary Neville is being painted as, you know, Robin Hood type character. He's taken from the rich and, and given back to the poor. He isn't a shoy. Yeah. He's, he's an unbelievable hypocrite that fella. Yeah. And he's this is behind a paywall. This is yes. behind a paywall. Do you know what exactly. I mean? People are paying, people are paying 150 pounds for their, their Sky subscriptions. Yeah. Yeah, Gary Neville exactly is a hypocrite. Is a, is a for sale hypocrite, Keith. I mean, mm. let's face it. He's 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 come up up in arms about the Glazers. He took seven years of salary, the last seven years of, of his career, in excess of a hundred thousand euros a week, were from the Glazers. So that's hypocrisy. So what? I, if he was, if he's such a Che Guevara figure, what he should do is get his calculator out and say, "I tell you what, I'll do. I'll I'll give I'll give that back and I'll give it to the fans, and they can buy the club with that." That's one thing. How much and is then, a Roman football hotel outside Old Trafford? Do you know what I mean? Is that not Gary Neville's hotel, by the way? Gary Neville. To be this Keith about Salford, the club that he owns with Peter Lim. Yeah. Can I can, can I just can I just keep? Because I I listened to the uh, I listened I, I didn't watch last night but I listened this to, um, this afternoon to the to to, to last night's show, and I think he's still touching it right. But I I I got frustrated listening, right? Because I really mm. wanted to pull the United fan, and I just wanted to really go down him and say, "What is your protest for? 
Like yeah, outside yeah. of it's a bit of rust in Old Trafford, and it's gone, and they haven't been looking after the stadium and our training grounds and bits. It's mm. not one of the top five. Well, falling behind City, that's the protest. Not only City, like it's it's there's so many. They were probably Old Trafford. If we go back twenty years, it was the biggest stadium in in Europe. Training ground Carrington or whatever would have been top of the range. And there, his argument was, and I can understand this arg, this element of it. I suppose that they're putting nothing into the infrastructure. So the Glazers, you know, they're taking their dividends every year. The money that United are spending is just money United are generating. And well, I think Keith, people have an Keith, issue with that. And I don't know yeah. why they have an issue with that because well, that's, Keith, that's do, you, do you know what they've works. done? Do you know what Sky have done brilliantly? And we should all dot, dot their caps at them. I tell you what they've done. They've put the likes of Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, Paul Merson, George Best, Rodney Marsh, you know, all Keys these. All these people, no, no, forget them too. They're kind of silver spoon guys. But all these regional guys from ordinary backgrounds, they've put them on the telly for 30 years and they've told you and me, we're just like you. The game belongs to you. And we've all just woken up, all of us, me included, from a 30-year coma. And we've realised that the game doesn't belong to us. The game belongs to Sky. And it took... This the idiot from Madrid to come along and try and put a consortium together to steal it from them. And the thing about thieves is they don't like being stolen from. And all of a sudden, everyone was, everyone jumped, me included, jumped behind Neville at the start. God, he's right. Until he realised, hang on a second, this, this guy's on two million a year to stand up and pretend to be Enoch Power. Yeah. Let me tell you something about these people. We they fooled us all, and I have to clap them. They fooled us all into thinking that we belong, we own the game. We don't. Rupert Murdoch is laughing at us all. No, on a string. No, I don't. From fans twenty years ago, the game just isn't fans. And 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 the other thing I want to get to, get to on this is the hypocrisy of the idea that fans should own clubs. The hypocrisy oh, of no. the idea that fans, the fans make the clubs. Fans make the atmosphere, they make the spectacle, and they make the whole thing enjoyable to watch and, and enjoyable to be part of, right? But fans don't make the clubs because what the fan, the fan supports the product that's on the pitch, right? It doesn't support Vera the tea lady. It doesn't support Andy the toilet cleaner in in the grounds, no. right? Like the fan supports the product that sees on the pitch, and ultimately the fan is driven by the product it gets on the pitch, right? And ultimately, what we're dealing with here is that United fans throwing the toys out of their pram, okay? Throwing the toys out of the pram because they're no longer the undisputed top of the tree in England yeah, at this stage. I totally agree with Phil, but let's look at Chelsea and Manchester City, for example. Nobody has a go at them, and never top football them. men. Top football well, men, you are called. Yeah, oh, City were an inspiration yesterday, right? Let's talk about more hypocrisy. City were an inspiration. Let's talk about Michael Richards. I like Michael Richards, but Michael Richards is a patron at Manchester City. He actually has a lounge. I don't know if it's any of you've ever, you've ever been. Yeah, exactly. He's an, he's an ambo there. So, effectively, he's not going to talk against his own club. And that's fine. However, the, the real problem I have there is when you describe Manchester City as naive, having followed, you know, the ogres of Liverpool and Manchester United into the ESL. I mean, six months, less than six months ago, they handed UEFA their arse in court with a team of about 14 lawyers. So don't talk to me about naive. Again, it's just, it's just a, a hypocritic hypocritical agenda. Then Chelsea, nobody has a go at Chelsea because Abramovich will just say, fuck you, basically. I'll do whatever I want in the typical Russian Jew fa fashion. It's my money. I'll do what I want. So that's a waste of time. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, 
you know what's disappointing? Anybody that ever thought there were rules to the game, you know, probably woke up and went, well, there aren't. It's like Cass. It's like the the thing that's going on with Manchester City now that nobody can talk about that. You know, everybody's gagged over with the Premier League. There are no rules to the game. It's just the highest bidder takes it away and then builds the illusion. Keith, job, right, right. in an industry. Now, I'm not talking about a small company where you'll probably know who your CEO is, right? If you work in an industry, you know, that's a big multi multinational, they only care about the bottom line. They don't give a shit about the people on the ground. And football's no different. Fans need to understand. It's business. The business it and these people are billionaires. Like you're talking about Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal, like the sports, the value of these clubs. You're not talking millionaires anymore, you're talking billions. But do you and not think Keith that billionaires, guy, you know, billionaires yeah. by, by being nice and by thinking yeah. of you know the man on the terrace? They couldn't give but, a shit. Well, Keith, how can Gary Neville go and, and Jamie Carragher go on the television and pretend to people that it isn't a business? When Gary Neville himself is paying guys, was paying guys in the Vauxhall Conference, Adam Rooney, you know, Ten six grand, grand a week when the when the nearest club was paying not even a grand. I Andy, mean, Andy, just, can, can I just put it to you that I think there's a I think there's a toward motive going on in the background here, right? Is it possible that Neville is involved with a consortium, possibly with, with Beckham, Staley, maybe? Looking, I don't know about today, but looking to take over United because I'll go back to the, the, the concept and even the concept that FSG now are going down the line of looking at the Man City one where you have multiple versions of your brand in multiple different countries, leagues, and you could have Miami United FC. That's MUFC. The, in, what's into Miami is, is David Beckham's team. Yeah, It'd be yeah. very easy for them to take over that. And all of a sudden you have the United brand in Miami. You have the City brand in New York. Like FSG must be looking at thinking, how do we get a brand then? How do we get another version of Liverpool in as part of this red board, board investment? This is this well, idea of where you have you have part you have this franchise. global brand which is then franchised to different cities. If you can't get red this board. super league, yeah, if you can't get this super league, how do we get our name and our brand in front of other? Well, they're fools if they don't feel. They feel and, so, and we're not the fools. As 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 I love a now conspiracy. <laughs> is is this not a toward toward spoke to this way of that potentially you're looking at a very successful businessman and Gary Neville who knows very successful businessmen and Be- Beckham and potentially looking to buy out this club? I don't think so personally. I think he's just dug a hole, dug a hole there. And yesterday was very obvious how much he was trying to scramble out a hole and they're doubling down now. Um, so no, I don't think so. Look, if there is, if if he's Doing all this is a clever, clever way to um, <clears throat> wangle his way into owning Manchester. <laughs> Fair fucking play to him, <laughs> but but um, no, I don't. I don't. So but don't, don't yeah, exactly. Crazy. But don't but don't play the don't play Che Guevara. You're not here. Yeah. Ask oh, the Valencia fans what they think about Gary Neville and Peter Lim. Well, and Peter Lim. No, I honestly, I I don't think he's that clever. I think he's. I think he's like. I think. I think that Monday Night Football show a couple of years ago was really, really good. Like it was in um, insightful stuff, him and Carragher. And that's that's where they, they should have stayed. Now they're playing politics. You know what I mean? Gary Neville's fist pumping uh, a rebel protester yesterday. I mean, why why is that being accepted? You know, imagine this happened at Liverpool, like the, out- the uproar. Like it's absolutely outrageous Donald that he Trump was doing was that. 
Yeah. Be yeah. Of I mean, he, he should. He actually should be arrested. There's no yeah, fucking. That's what I'm saying, Andy. Yeah. It's so it's so detached from reality. Everything is just so mm. detached from you. I mean, a policeman standing who had his face slashed with Jamie Carragher. He, he yeah. had a smile on his face because he looked like he was t- he was happy yeah. talking to Gary Neville yeah. and Jamie Carragher. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking perverse. To so be I think with you. I I think it's um I I think Phil I don't I don't think he's that clever. If he was that clever, he would have stuck to what he was good at. Um, he's he's playing a dangerous dangerous game here, and eventually everybody will be wired to this. He, he could he could take Sky down with all this, because Sky are going to have to part part ways with this behavior eventually. This is all this is up. all. I pull him up or do something because like they they were good. They were really really good. I did look forward to watching them talking about a game on a Monday dissecting the game at, at the weekend and listening to, you know, professionals that weren't long out of sport talk about it. And that's that's the sort of analysis that I enjoy it as a football mm. fan. It's just a joke now. Like, the pair of them should be on loose women now or something. <laughs> <laughs> but can I, can, can, can I, I want the, the last prong of this hypocrisy chat, right, comes around. What's what's really frustrating me, I'm going to talk about it next before we get on to, to Andy's topic, right, but what's really frustrating me is the hypocrisy in the coverage because it's Manchester United. If Liverpool fans had broken into Anfield to stage a protest, oh. that injured stewards and policemen on the way in, right? Let off flares and caused the match to be called off. The coverage today in the press would have been would have led with scenes reminiscent of something out of the eighties. Okay, yeah. that's what you would have got in the press coverage. Seems taking us back to the bad old days of Heisel and stuff like that. That's the, yeah. that's the references that would have been in the paper and the news today. And they it would have been said Thatcher was right not to yeah. negotiate with the likes of us. The, like, we are talking about hypocrisy, the hypocrisy in coverage that goes on. Should like what 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 has driven me mad is the Liverpool fans, some of the most vocal Liverpool fans involved in fan media and stuff out there, rushing to celebrate and support the protesters and and what they've done. There was one pony we won't mention today. I don't think it was you, Keith, or one of the boys, Davo, maybe showed me the tweet. No, it was you, Andy. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe what he was saying. But I I cannot get over guys who have a very large voice in fan media actively supporting people Invading stadiums. I listen. I listen with interest, uh, Keith, with uh, what the guys were talking about last night, and they're saying, "Well, if we just had a protest, it would have been just a byline in the in in the news." And I heard Sean. He said it would have been just a byline. It would have been Liverpool and you know whatever score it was, and there was a protest outside Old Trafford. But they could have made the same protest in a much more intelligent way, just by delaying the kickoff by an hour or an hour and a half, invading Old Trafford, causing the damage. Injuring people in the protest. I, I I tweeted from the account, my own account last night about the, the the similarities between what they did yesterday and what happened in Washington in well, January. Same thing. Same ring. Same style of ring leadership as well. Yeah. It's uncanny. They vandalized, lads. They vandalized their own fucking stadium. Yeah. I mean, like to yeah. me, Anfield is a fortress, and I, like yeah. I it's sacred. The, the lots of people kicking in doors and yeah. storming in and firing yeah. and flares at this. But the, the thing is, and we said it last night as well, it, the whole thing I thought was devalued by that because, yeah, you can have a protest and there's ways and means of doing it. And if they stop the buses from getting there and delays the game, it has an impact. When you see gobshites with bags of cans 
coming in and laden, shouting up at the gantry, you scouse bastard, you scouse bastard. Yeah. That's not uh, that's not a protest Hang about on, the Glazers. Let's, let's make a clear you know distinction here, gentlemen. That was yesterday was not a protest. Yesterday was a riot. It was not a protest. A protest sections, yeah, it, sections. Because if if it was if yesterday was a peaceful protest, the game would have went ahead. It's mm. that simple. But you can you can stop. Do you know you what? Can, you look, can stop can the team. Sorry, Andy, I just want to say you can stop uh, yeah. the teams coming in. You can stop the teams coming into the stadium. You can delay it to make sure that the the, the cameras and everything else are on the banners and the reasons for why you're doing it, right? Yeah. And get the pro that attention that can still lead to the same debate that they were having on Sky yesterday because the game was delayed for kickoff. But with the positive nature in that, hang on a second, they did, well, they didn't come in, they didn't wreck anything, they didn't damage anything, they didn't damage the ground and stuff like this. And this game will go ahead. And the, the, the only thought in people's heads will be that game kicked off an hour, an hour and a half late, ruined the TV schedules, yeah. but got its message across. You see Norman, see Norman in the chat there making a very, very good point, talking about Neville trying to drag Liverpool fans into it. And he was at it all day yesterday about I know Andy's going to talk about it later. FSG finance has been in trouble. I would urge any Liverpool fans with any sense and any influence not to fall for that absolute bullshit. Yeah. FSG have managed us very, very well. Yeah, they've done some stupid things remotely on decisions. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting on to that. We'll get on to this man, so desperate is Gary Neville. God, he doesn't want Manchester United to be seen to be out there on their own. So desperate he is. I can't understand. I can't understand why the people think it is okay. And I'm not giving them a pass. At the time, they, they kept saying in the Sky Studio, well, we don't know what's going on outside. Well, everybody knows what went on outside now. And still, the window. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, still, they double that's down on Come here, look. That's not just... right. I think it needs to be said as well. Look, let's not be under any illusion. No matter what club was, we're not. I, I think I want to make this message clear. We're not bashing Man United fans because I think any group of football fans or any group of people who are so emotionally attached to something will behave like that. That that is just the the nature of humans at the moment. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So no matter what people are protesting over, it always ends up in, in shit like this. But but my my gripe is with Sky facilitating that and encouraging it. Okay, you know platform. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like Fox so in the United States, yeah. as you said. It needs though, to be you know, it needs to be called out. There's there's absolutely there was no like unity there yesterday. No most people didn't know why they were there. Um the 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 banners should all read the same thing. But they're not. They they're just turning up because they've been led to believe that this is this Andy, is the right thing Andy to do. Any normal broadcaster would have, first of all, condemned and apologised to the viewers for yeah. having to see that, and condemned yeah. the actions of the lunatic fringe. The Sky didn't because it didn't meet with their agenda. Yeah, and but what was the what was going? The, uh, what's the guy's name? The the presenter, David Jones. Um, Jones. Like I get, he gave them ample opportunities to do that. Yeah. And only eventually, really, soon as took debate and went, actually, hang on. Look, it's, it's a very difficult thing as it's unfolding live. I mean, one minute you're on the side of the protesters, the next minute, oh, you know. And you then why, by John the end of the book, hang on, yeah, Andy, talk, but, talk. but why? But, but 
this is the thing. Jones kind of gave them opportunities to con- condone it or to, to condemn it to, to, um, and only eventually Sunus kind of took the bait. Like at one stage, Sunus like was kind of on the side of the protesters. And then before, you know, he was like, hang on a second. Yeah. Like there was flares thrown up here. Um, uh, like they were on the pitch, you scouse bastard at Carragher. Yeah. And like, these are just, these are talks. Like why, why you allow them their way? Like, I because mean, they should if they want to encourage bringing the f- football back to the fans. There's better ways of doing it, and they they could have sent out a way clearer, uh, a better message yesterday. They absolutely failed in their responsibilities yeah. as a media, uh, yeah. as a company that provides media. Jones is in here would have been telling them, "Listen, this is torn and nasty, not just outside but inside. Well, inside, mm-hmm. you need to say we're looking the lads on the on the bike where Neville and Carrigo wouldn't have taken the bait. This this is clickbait." Keith, like you know what we've talked about this before. We've talked about loads of times. That was great television for Sky because people yeah. were just people who wouldn't even be watching the match tuned in to see what was going on. Right? It, beca- it stops being football and becomes a news story, and that just generates people to go and watch what was going on and seek out something that they could see and then click down the websites to see what happened, to see what Neville said, to see what Carragher said, to see what the outrage is about. And when it comes down to it, soon as hit the nail on the head, and it's right, it's, it's back to the, the Glazers, Cokey Cokey, right? So. Basically, it was at the start of the year. It's Ole in, it's Ole out. Ole's Ole in. Give them a new contract because they're going to win the league. Ole out because they're getting knocked out of Europa. Ole back in because they're going to win the Europa. Ole out because they can't win the league. Right? It's Glazers in because they spent ninety million on Pogba. Glazers out because they won't paint the stadium. Glazers in because they bought a shiny new tracksuit for um, Harry Maguire. Glazers out because they forgot to get the sponges for the medical bag. Like it's just. It's nonsense, right? The, these fans are nonsense. And I would say the vocal majority of fan channels that are out there at the moment are spewing absolute nonsense with their open letters and their statements and this all this crap that goes on. Like you you keep you you mentioned last night you're you're into unions and you're a big union you're a union rep, right? And mm. and to me, what's being put out there is just noise. A massive echo chamber of bollocks. And crap being bilged all over the place in with no, I love that no, word, <laughs> but with no cohesive request, yeah, statement, all encompassing plan, strategy. It's just everything under the umbrella of the ESL is shite, and we're going to we're going to now give out about it. Would yeah. I be wrong? Like you're involved, no. in, you know what what they're there for. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah, they're right, Phil. The message isn't clear. The message isn't sort of the only thing they're all coming together and saying is the ESL, the, the ESL was bad, and that's it. But you know, the Champions League is, is fucking changing into some morphing into some ESL laden cast off, and anyway, of and course. they've no problem with that. Yeah, but they've no problem with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 the idea of people protesting is fine. I mean, Liverpool fans have protested before we know that but the reality is i'm gonna get lashed out even for saying this did the protests really get hicks and gillette out or was it the banks gonna foreclose on do you know what i mean like protesting will get you so far and you know it was other things other things that got it what happened i think yesterday was fans protesting, not knowing what they were protesting about, protesting about different things. And then as soon as a few tinnies were involved, they were all just there for the tear up. And it mm. loses all its message. It loses its meaning. There has to be one message if you're going for a, a, 
you know, a, 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 a protest of that magnitude. And if the end game was maximum disruption, they got maximum disruption. So they'll say, job done. And a lot of um, people in the media will say, yeah, well, they got the, they got the game cancelled well done it's not well done because it encourages people to do this as well it sets a precedent for people to do this going forward it sets a precedent for um a player is injured and if a big game coming up fucking tear up and block yeah. in the block in the the, the we'll just from leaving the hotel we'll just pretend about the, the asl yeah. Exactly. And but, but I won't get it mentioned, you know what I mean? So that they're setting a precedent and it needs to be dipped in the bud. Any like protests in any industry or on, people won't get behind it if there's not a clear and concise message. And to me, there's no clear and concise fucking message on this. Given the even today, to the even, uh, even today, the there's no clubs. even today, there's no message. And we have yeah. idiots in the Liverpool fan base celebrating what they've done, supporting yeah. them, saying this is the start of protests. Protests yeah. are what? Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to say. Look, every yeah. time, every time the uh, FSG made a boo boo, uh, Liverpool fans got quite animated about it on social media. Um, not too many protests in the street, and and the 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 decision was reversed. Yeah. So, so a bit of you can you can go about things in the right way and get your way. You know what I mean? And that's that and that's 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 where fans and their owners that relationship like. You want to keep it as healthy as possible and keep it aligned as possible. Now, what's what's happening at Man United now? I would absolutely hate to endure that now at Liverpool because we've a good team, we've a fucking world class manager, we've a future. Like, and if this toxic team creeps in, just because Sky told you to do it, it's going to be absolutely horrendous. And that's that's why that's why my topic tonight. But Andy, it's not just Sky; it's also. Fan yeah. media channels jumping yeah. on board. These okay. you, th- these these supposed fan unions or supporters groups yeah. who are unelected bodies who are basically just groups of fans getting together and taking upon themselves to be the bastards no, 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 of, yeah. of Sky. Of watching Phil, Sky, Sky are at the top of the pile. Yeah, yeah, they're, I agree. You know what I mean? They're pulling all the strings. You know what I mean? And uh, and I I think it's it's going to be one of that. It's going to be interesting when it all blows up in our face. I'm confident it will. Yeah. Yeah, Lads, I, I want to I want to take this I want to take the small minority on piece on because this is my topic and we and we finish off because yours is positive, right? Um, I want to ta- I want to want to take on the, the small minority. I am sick, sick. I feel like I'm 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 um, what's a man's name out of uh, Family Guy? I feel like I'm, I'm do- about to do a grind my gear. Yeah, I'm on Peter Griffin about to do grind my gears, right? But I'm sick to death of. The small minority. I'm sick to death of that phrase. In the like, I've been watching English football for 40 years that I can remember since I was a four year old, right? I've been watching the English media consistently use the term small minority to try condone violence in some form or another. And there's no other words to describe it. Try condone stupidity by people, right? And keep saying that it's the small minority. It's the small minority. When it was English, international football fans abroad wrecking cities, wrecking towns, wrecking places, and not being wanted by countries to come at the World Cup. They are disgusted. They're despised. Countries that want them there as fans in nearly every World Cup. The only media that says they want to be there is the English one. The rest of it is just like, we don't want you here. We don't like you. And I know this as an English-speaking person going abroad. The first thing, English, now Irish. They love Irish fans. Scottish, mm-hmm. love Scottish fans. Northern Irish, love Northern Irish fans. Welsh, love English. Eh, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Don't want to know about it, right? And why is that? It's the small minority. 
you can't have 6,000 people in Marseille throwing anything they can find from one side of the square to the other and call that the small minority. Mm. 5,000 people turn up at a protest yesterday and about 2,000 get into the ground or whatever it was that gets in there, right? That's not a small minority. That's quite a sizable amount of the crowd. If 5,000 people turn up and they're bringing bags of cans with them, they're not going there for the good of their health and to do a few chants and to hold up banners. They have planned to cause maximum disruption. They've broken into a stadium. They've broken the law, right? And they are not apologetic about it. And when it comes down to it, the small minority of fan media channels of Sky Sports are now supporting this as well. It's a small minority. The small minority is dictating the narrative that exists in the world at this moment in time. And if you give the small minority the megaphone it needs, it stops being the small minority and, and starts becoming the vast majority. When I watched the CNN coverage of the storm in, in Washington, it was only a small minority went inside the Capitol building and caused all mayhem. The vast majority were peaceful outside. That's been the line used by Republicans, the line used by Fox News. So if you're on the side of Fox News and the Republican side, there's something horrifically wrong with the argument you're trying to make. So don't. So stop pushing the small minority because the small minority isn't the realistic thing. How long did it take? How long is, did it did it take us to realize how how much damage uh, the small minority does um, for racism? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> it is a small minority of people that are racist, but we've had to. You know, there has to. There's been a worldwide campaign to call yeah, this out because a small a small minority can do a huge amount of damage to any cause, yeah. and and now it's it's a small minority that are doing damage to the Black Lives Matter cause. It's a cop out. It's, it's a little. Um, it's a clause yeah. to cop out. But those, but they are, that's mm -hmm. that's creating huge conflict in bringing yeah. that uh, message forward. You know what I mean? We should the players shouldn't have to be still taken to the knee so long after. This should be fucking nipped in the board. And like we could go on, we could go on all night about that as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You're right. The you're right. And the problem with any small minority, right? The problem with the storming of the capital in the US, the problem with um the English fans when they go abroad for, for major tournaments, the problem with even what happened to Old Trafford yesterday is the small minority can start this riot, but people that are there get sucked into it. So, well, you might, might not be part of the small minority at the start of it. This, that small minority grows and grows and grows. People that were in the capital, that were in Old Trafford yesterday, and I'm on about in the stadium, I'm not on about outside, I'm on about the ones that went in. They probably didn't go there to, oh, we're going to get into the stadium. But when a mob gets together like that and gets whipped into a frenzy, loads join in. So the small mm -hmm. minority might be there with one little fucking thought in their head. But people join in. That's how it grows. That's what mob does. It grows, and people mm -hmm. go into it. That ardent mob, maybe mentality. of that mentality. Exactly, the ardent of that mentality. But they're in a mob, and the, the mentality changes. Like you can't excuse the small minority. The small minority on this and that. I think it's master, terrible. master does ask that makes a great point. Where's the outrage for yeah. racism? Where's the outrage for corruption in football? Where's the outrage for well, the sheiks uh, or yeah. and like dead right? And you know, we 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 spend our lives moaning about. The, the most simplest of things and all that noise uh, that's created by this allows the serious shit to go under the, under the radar. The smokescreen. Sometimes it's deliberate, Andy. Sometimes, yeah. you know, a system will generate a problem in one corner so as you ignore the other. I mean, if you yeah. notice, massive disaster makes a really good point because, I mean... You know, you look at even this weekend, for example, the tokenism. Sometimes tokenism can actually encourage the darker faction, factions to stand up and say, well, fuck them with, and their token. We'll actually attack. And I've seen a couple of other members of other forums, like our black members, posting tonight 
uh, and this morning about some of the personal messages that they've that they've received. Stan Collymore, for example, and I was impressed by his stance, and not a lot that he does impresses us lately. But he turned around and said he refuses to go along with this blackout because it's just yet another token gesture for us. For example, when the biggest example you'll see is when Nicholas Bentner wore the Paddy Power knickers and was found fined eighty grand instantly. And, you know, and a, a football association of Serbia find less than 25 percent of that for a stadium full of, of bigot, bigots and, you know, a, a aggression towards three black English players. The FIFA, UEFA, the Premier League, let's face it, and I'll be honest, they don't care about us. They don't care about black people. And I've, I talk to a lot of black players, a lot of professional black players, a lot of a lot of black people of prominence on social media. And we'll speak to each other privately. And the bottom line is they don't care about us. So we Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. We have to stand up for ourselves and make things happen within our own community so things are better for us. This is all tokenism. I'm with Philip on this. You speak about the me, the blackout they had over racism. There was a, a Guardian journalist came off as um, racist, racism blackout to have a go at Graham Sunes for sticking up for you know, yeah. the, for calling out the Manchester United fans. He says he's breaking his, his blackout because Graham Sunes needs to do one. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, where, it's, it's tokenism. What's more important? Yeah. What's tokenism. more important? Graeme Sunnis is on the ball there, right? And yeah. somebody yeah. else has said, it's, I, I, I'm reaching for comparing what happened yesterday with the hooliganism of the 80s. I'm not. Because no, when you reason. start, you, you start somewhere. So yesterday we started where there's fans not allowed into grounds because of what's going on with the pandemic. There's fans not allowed to go anywhere, whatever it is, are able to storm a ground they're able to get past the police cordon, get past the stewards, and I don't blame the stewards for letting them into the, in no, the, into the ground. Why, they're not paid to do it, right? So, mm. like, let them in, right? So, if they're able to get in and then they smash up the fellas' tripods, they weren't even part of the club, wasn't even part of Sky Sports. That was just a, 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 some photographer's gear that was smashed up behind the goals. They robbed the corner flags. All they were short to do was cutting the nets down to have a bit of crack, right? They were climbing all over them as well, weren't they? Yeah, the so you're, you're, these aren't... What's that, what's that protesting against? Where yeah. was the banners in the stadium? Where was, the, where was the going over to the sky, sky cameras and putting... I remember protests going onto a pitch in Sky. I can't remember who it was. I think it could have been against Venkies. Do you remember when Blackburn, in the, yeah. the fans invaded the pitch and was organised and they had banners and stuff and they wanted maximum media exposure as to why they wanted to, and, need to and step by the in. Way, that was because the, those owners were Asian. If yeah. being honest. They had Jack Walker well, for years who was white well, and northern and rich no, the, and they didn't I, I, want Asian owners. I actually know why they wanted Venkis out as well because it was basically just the cheap um, uh, publicity stunt for Venkis it was. They weren't putting any money into it. They, they were literally the worst type of owners. They were putting their club Maybe. into debt and taking money out. And they and were also almost, brown. And almost, it has nothing to do with brown, man. Like, that's just bad business. Whereas the, 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 the Glazers are being slaughtered for being good at business. And this is like, people hate saying this, but they're being good. They spent no money buying the club have that club and they're taking money over. And what are one they of like the biggest have? brands in the world and it hasn't yeah, cost yeah. them a blade and sausage. One, one of the most profitable one of the most profitable clubs in the world. And right and, and this is the thing. This idea of a small minority. To hear Liverpool fans and Liverpool fan media supporting this and saying we should be copying this, we should be doing stuff, having 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 um proper protests outside Anfield is no use. We need I'm sorry, but 
I don't want to see Liverpool fans invade Anfield and get matches called off and, and smash won't. up Anfield in to, to make what protest? What's, what's the protest they're going to be protesting? We want the ESL. We want to be treated. The CEO was meeting with one of the fans groups. Is it SOS or something? The, the yeah, Air CEO, yeah, the Liverpool yeah. CEO. The is meeting Liverpool, with the SOS. So do you know what you do? If I'm, if, I'm one of, if I'm one of the owners, I'm smart. I'm going to say to you, look, you know, we can, we're not going to give you a shareholder or whatever, but we'll give you a representative on the board. Yeah. Right. So that you can represent the fans, fans' view on to, on the board, so as that we don't make mis- we don't make mistakes when we're communicating with you in the future. You won't yeah. be able to make the decisions and the stuff that we're going, but you at least you'll be able to represent, put the voice of the fans in the room. Right. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona is the best case. Phil, you don't want fans running the club anyway. No. To be honest, what you want is somebody want to- there to say, "I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't follow staff. I wouldn't do this." Do you know? And do you know what the best? Do, Billy, but, Billy but Hogan Pete, will do that. The best thing about that is you have the lies that came out about Liverpool for locking the staff when yeah. they didn't, right? They were going to, there was such an outrage by the fans, they stopped it. Andy, you remember this. FSG yeah. pulled the plug on it and they said, no, how we many, how many other How many other fan uh, owners of football clubs would reverse on decisions like that? Yeah, true. I think, I think Abramovich probably went, shut the fuck up, you won't tell me what to do. Can't um, even find me. I'm on one of my yachts. Well, I'll tell you, Andy, Everton are the best example. Everton claim that they would never... Everton don't have full-time staff. They have contractors. And what Mm. they do is they just don't renew the contracts. So they can say they never... I mean, it's just all an illusion. Well, uh, yeah, the Everton... The people that worked in the club shops uh, for Everton, they were were furloughed, but they were from a separate company. By other companies. So are you telling me that that was because Everton themselves didn't give them jobs? So, you know. Go on, Andy. But like... Going back to that, just when we no. talk about the small minority, you, you're you're a mad, happy, top red super fan, right? How disappointed in in like when when do you get on board a protest? This is what I want to know. What's the point that you think? Yeah, now is the time to protest. Oh, look, if if um if Liverpool start releasing a uh, club accounts and a show that there were there was money leaving the club and the reason we weren't spending on players is because the money that that was the reason that there were then then you have to start questioning these things and protesting. But like like the Hicks and Gillette thing, for instance, they were putting the club into you know the the threat of administration. I mean, these are the reasons to go and protest. But um, are we moving on to my topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, so look, <laughs> I, ne- I, ne- I never intended really to be this big um, FSG fucking John Henry profiler type, but here I am. <laughs> yeah, this is the war. Right, you said you brought like, this up weeks ago, and you yeah. were right. We were look, all let's let's be let's be just clear, right? I don't particularly like them as people. You know what I mean? They aren't my heroes. My heroes are the players on the pitch and the, and and the players of the past and the managers of the past. I don't look up to them. They don't inspire me. I don't want to meet them. I don't want. But they're the best case of a you know they're the best of a necessity evil you know necessary evil in the modern game. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm at peace with the fact that football that we grew up to was gone. Like I adore the FA Cup, like and Phil, we we, we differ on this, but you'll see, um, like FSG tell the manager, no matter who it is, Rogers before, that doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? So where football, as we knew it before, is gone. Uh, you know what I mean? But but I am grateful for their existence. Like, yeah, I like I just hope that yes, his reaction uh, doesn't inspire our fans to create this toxic atmosphere around the appeal because. 
those owners are a lot more aligned with, with what our needs are as fans. And when Liverpool fans have kicked off about different things, whether it's been the ticketing or um, four-long staff or trying to um, uh, trademark the live board and stuff, they have listened and they have took. And I think they're just, their whole thing is they, they prefer to ask for forgiveness than, than permission. So mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to work out as if they get if they get someone on the board. But they're the opposite of the Glaziers, you know, in a lot of ways. They're more like the pre-Glazier United. Um, they're opportunists who seeing that the potential of that club wasn't being maximized. You know what I mean? They've they've sweat the assets like even when they even they you hear it being spoken when they met Klopp. He understood that he this was a project for him because he could he see he saw that this this whole brand, the fans, and this means more could be market around the world and they could grow the club together. Because Klopp's a bit of a businessman himself. He's not just he's not just um this football man that doesn't know anything else outside, he'd be, he'd be a success anywhere. So he recognised they were good owners. And he was the one that says everybody needs to calm down, relax. Because he knew what would come. When I, when I say everybody needs to calm down, relax, he, mean, he meant the media, not the fans. Mm. Because he's, he's, he's totally with the fans. You know, make no mistake about it, when, what we want. But our situation is completely different. Completely different. I really, really do hope that, um, that it doesn't turn nasty. Because we should be enjoying this team. Okay, we've had a shit season, but it's been down to an awful lot of factors. Let's see. Let's see what what happens next season when fans are back in the ground and mm. and uh, and we and we can look at uh, you know players coming back from injury and building on the squad and everything else. But the damage is going to be done uh, to other clubs. You see, BT now trying to offload um, uh, some of the TV rights. There's going to be clubs that are smashed. You're seeing the Liverpool club accounts that came out last week. It's pretty healthy. Like they took out the, that 200 million credit facility that they talked about a couple of years ago. They u- use that, but that's all being paid back by uh, now. Well, that's the general understanding that that's being paid back. So because of that whole sustainable nature of the club, we, we get to, we get to come out of this a bit quicker than most clubs. And you could see a lot of clubs really suffer. You could see clubs go into administration the next couple of years because of COVID. Look at the revenue that's lost. You know Look what I mean? building a one billion pound stadium and taking out loans it. as well to yeah. cover. You know what I mean? There's no sure. There's no sure thing that FSG are going to continue to grow the club on and off the pitch. Look how much the revenue has grown, like from ten years ago when they came in. Look how much the wage bill. They've they've reinvested every fucking penny into it. You know when success, the you know the promise of success was awarded back to the players. And that's going to make one of player one players to come and 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 work hard for for club and and to get rewarded like that because you see Werner at Chelsea like you know what I mean like we stepped away from that because he was he didn't fit the he didn't fit the culture of the club and I think I think we're a lot more aligned with those owners than we than we believe you know and Klopp is and and they don't get anywhere you don't get fucking anywhere unless there's unity in the club look. You have to just accept that these people are are billionaires, investors, right? That's what they do. And we just got to hope that our our ambition aligns with theirs as, as often as possible. And I think under FSG, it has like 99% of the time. The blips, maybe they're not blips to a lot of people. But look, there was a, it, there was a big 
uh, reaction to the 77 pound tickets, but they still kind of got their way. You know what I mean? They got rid of category games. Um, if you're if you're up in the rafters, you're still paying the same price as you are um, on the center circle. You know what I mean? So the the prices that the ticket did go up. So a lot of a lot of those problems, you know, you can dissect. Yeah, there was talking and four long staff. We don't even know that whether that message came from the top at all, or whether that was a day to day decision. You know, um, someone someone made a really good point actually. Um, on Jamie's show, the midweek fix, the Liverpool's revenue is something along the lines, uh, annual revenue is something along the lines of a Tesco megastar, you know, one of those big Tescos. Like, so yeah. they're making the same money selling beans and fucking toast <laughs> as, <laughs> as we are competing in elite uh, football. So people forget that the, the money going around isn't, isn't as big um, as you'd imagine. And once you start losing big, TV money or sponsorship money, they can't pay the players. And the, the, the business end of things, the day-to-day stuff like club shops and, and staff is like it's it's like yeah. anywhere else. You know, big bigger companies, way, way, way bigger companies than Liverpool for all staff. Look, I'm not making an excuse for it. It was a horrible thing, but it's it's just it's just um these aren't reasons to go start smashing up Anfields. That's all I'm well, saying. Yeah, just, but, yeah, what's yeah, exactly. But Andy, can I just just on that, right? Yes, it was a it was a, the idea of it was horrible for him to do. Didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. all the other that clubs did do it, except for the ones it. that could afford not to and took used it as a PR spin. Well, we're not going to be forlorn any staff. Man City, um, Man United after Liverpool got absolutely butchered all, for that's it. Why, that's why this is all false indignation, you know, and that's why it goes back to the original point. That's why the whole Manchester United thing is just a, a big smoke screen, you know, to, to try and attract some Saudis in to, to level themselves up with Manchester City. Let's be honest. Okay, All that, of these things were threatened. The ESL is not being imposed on anyone. Andy is right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I hope, to be honest with you, if anything, if nothing else is taken from yesterday, is that 90% of Liverpool supporters should now look at our setup and our ownership and think, my God, we're in good shape. But well, the Keith problem can... is they don't want that, don't they? They, they? You know, you ask a lot of Liverpool fans, well, what do you want? FSGL. Who do you want in? Well, Blazers. Yeah. Do you know? I don't know. Who do you want in? Oh, Middle East money. Well, Middle East money is not always the, you know, the, the most moral, morally the clean that, and I'll guarantee they're not socialist either. The guys that are having a go at Andy here in the chat, I'd love to know who they want in. But can, can I just, 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 just Andy, no, on this, and I think it's it's very relevant, and it's something that you know I, I laugh at most of the times because like there was that banner for today with United was a uh, Glazers out, Gazprom in, like, yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? And, and, and keep like your what people don't realise is that everyone goes on about how close we were to going out of business. We were never going out of business. That was a forced sale. That was a forced sale led by the Royal Bank of Scotland when they put their own man on the board to make sure that that forced sale would go through and that either the facility was repaid or was refinanced, right? And everyone gets 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 hung up on this. The forced sale was the ultimate outcome. Had Hicks and Gillette managed to refinance that with a, an American brokerage or a hedge fund or whatever it was, they'd probably still be there. They probably are, are. They would have been there for a good while longer. Um, Depressingly, mm. in the same way the Glazers are, I still think they probably would have torn the ship around at some point in terms of the revenues because they would have had to, to service whatever facilities were going in, in, in there. Um, and we were very fortunate that the Bank of Scotland decided that they were going to pull the plug on the facilities and pull the plug aggressively on the yeah. facilities because most yeah. banks wouldn't. Most banks would would have let them 
have more time to refinance it. But it was just because of the credit crunch. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Just because of the size of debt that led to what happened. And taking Andy's point, FSG to me are the perfect non-sugar daddy owner. People won't like this, but they're the perfect non-sugar daddy owner. They've closed the gap from where we were with United to where we are. Where we're, In terms of, I think there's only a 50 million or a 60 million difference in terms of commercial revenues. When this started, there was hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions. Away. We weren't even on the same pitch as United when, they, when the guy, when FSG came in. They've leveled it up. Have they got things wrong? Of course they have. But despite this idea that they don't listen to the fans that's out there because of the ESL thing that went on, in the vast amount of times, okay, you know this from uh, redeveloping Anfield. They listen to the fans. Yeah. They, instead of going and building a new shiny stadium, yeah. which which are, which is actually the cheaper option, yeah, um, in the long run, every you know when all things are considered, to try and the the work that had to go on to try and redevelop Anfield was more yeah, costly, yeah, yeah. than just building a new stadium uh, and going into a fresh, you know, they were and they were really um, innovative in the way they built the main stand around, and like how, like long may it continue. The redeveloping yeah. the Anfield Road end, and I think one day we might see the the cop redeveloped too. Keith, what's your preference? Do, do you, oh. are you are, do you prefer the FSG model? And I'm talking about as a, as a Liverpool fan. I'm not talking about as as in, in general. Yeah. Or do do you want Sugar Daddy? No, I prefer the FSG model. Um, the, yeah, I really feel they've got stuff wrong. Every owners have got stuff wrong. If you go back to Manchester United fans, I complain and, and and Adam who was on last night, the stadium is in bits, the training ground is in bits, does the area around the stadium is in bits. Well, you can't say that about Liverpool because since FSG have come in, the stadium has been improved, the area has been improved, and the training ground has been improved for very low costs. And it's been done, you know, for, to the extent that it has. They're taking money out of the club at Manchester United. Well, the FSG aren't taking money out of Liverpool. So, you know, what are we complaining about? We're complaining because they're not buying Kylian Mbappe and Alf, oh, Alfinger Haaland. They probably buy Alfinger Haaland, but not Erling Brow Haaland. They're not buying Jaden Sancho. And that's what, you know, people want. And, and this is what sort of annoys me. They say FSG don't get the culture of Liverpool. What owners in this day and age, in this now fucking billion pound industry is going to get the socialist values of Liverpool? None. It has to be separated. FSG are in there. They're not putting the club in any financial damage. They're elevating the club in every fucking facet of it, of the business side, of it, of the commercial side, the revenue and the playing side. And people are too quick to say, oh, that's down to Klopp. Well, they got Klopp. Do you know what I mean? They got Klopp into a club that were on their knees. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Jurgen Klopp was the top manager in the world at the time that was available. We weren't the top club looking for a manager at the time. Do you know what I mean? They had to get him in there and they got him in and they put a team around them. They don't, people don't like to give them credit. I'm happy with them as an ownership ownership group. They make mistakes. Everyone does. Every fucking ownership does. But their mistakes 
and minute compared to others. And this ESL thing, my stance on that was, if that had gone ahead and we weren't in it, yeah, we'd have yeah, looked exactly. like absolute exactly. gobshites and fans would have been screaming, this. why are we not in it? This is my yeah. whole point. Don't let the ESL thing be the turning point to turn yeah. us into what because this this shit United has been building like for like you 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 type into Google uh Glazers out you know two zero like you're gonna get every <laughs> single year since yeah. like the last the last twenty years nearly you know what I mean two thousand three to two thousand four did this whole movement has been happening and it's been building and building don't let us become then over over the ESL thing. Exactly. Can, 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 can I throw just one? Because I think Free World put it in there that FSG didn't change, Liverpool, Klopp did. Right now, here's the thing, and this goes back to my point I made just earlier on, right? Fans don't give a fuck about anything bar what goes on on the football pitch. But in reality, a football club isn't what goes on the football pitch, it's what goes on in the boardroom. It's exactly. what's going on in the accounts, and it's how it's, it's how. Vera gets paid. It's how Andy in the toilets gets paid, right? It's, that's just as important to them as how we're going to inc- increase the contract of Mo Salah, right? So that's a, a, a common example. But I go back to it and I keep going, right? The other big piece of this is what attracted the clock to the role, right? Yeah, that's well documented, Phil. Uh, when they met in New York, they're, they're, a lot of their, their business minds met. Yeah. And and he, what attracted them them to him too? It wasn't it's just the same like, values in business as he has with players. Simple, and yeah. in business in general, and in running the club, like it's Simple. huge to understand the club. And, and we're talking about club. We're not talking about a different manager because of of what he's delivered for us and what he is to us as as a group of fans and as a group of supporters. The reason he's here is because he believes in FSG. He believed in the model that was put in front of him. Mm. He didn't go to Manchester City. He didn't go to Chelsea. He didn't even go to United. He turned down the opportunity to manage Manchester United. He's on record of saying this because he didn't like the way the club was run. He came to Liverpool because he likes the way the club is run and the people involved in the club and the people around the club and the owners of the club. And I think you could see how much he was disappointed with being kept in the dark around the ESL thing. I think the whole issue with this ESL thing was 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 the PR. I, I keep going back to this. This could have been an easy open-door win for them just by including a simplified way of getting in and out of the tournament and having the management and the boards and everyone all on board. So it wasn't a, a super secret meeting of two or three guys in a room who only knew what was going on and then it was just announced to the world. Yeah. Because that was the that was the fall down of it. Wait till, wait till people see the cat's abortion of what's going to happen from 2024 onwards. I think somebody put the topic in. What do we think of, where do we think European football and your wife is going to go over the next five years? I think that's what we, we close out on. But I'm, I'm not going to close off on Andy's topic. Phil, free, free world is always trolls me, the old comments and all that. Um, we have a bit of crack in the comments. Fair play. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, he, he's saying that Klopp... Uh, Close the gap. Of course he did. Like, and yeah. it, this is it, when when we win, it's clap. When we lose, it's FSG. You know, it's it's um. This is a a joint effort. You know, everybody needs to be singing off the one hymn she. And it's not really so important who John Henry is over in Boston. It's who he who he recruits. You know, and I'm talking about yeah you know, Billy Hogan's and uh you know uh, from the the day to day um management of the club. Like that that's really what's most important. And I think they've got that right, especially with Klopp as manager. Especially with the with the freedom that Klopp has had to bring in 
um, who he needs to make. Uh, you know, Klopp always talks about he brings in if somebody knows more than him on a on a subject, he brings them in. You know what I mean? He looks to them. That's that's the type of leader he is. He he motivates the people around him. Um, so I think that's that's most important is is who they employ, who they recruit. So when you say it's when you tr- take credit away from FSG because Klopp did it, they recruited Klopp and they recruited everybody else that's uh, working under Klopp and over Klopp. So that's just my point on that. Pete. Are you, how do you feel about FSG in, in the current climate, given everything that's gone on? Because the hyperbole is that all owners are shit that own the top six clubs in England and they should all be set on fire and, and, and burnt and then sent off on a boat rubbish. back to America. Absolute rubbish. Delighted with them. To be honest, their only crime is buying a business, running a business and making decisions as, as they see fit and trying to better that business. Um, there are some groups of fan groups out there who take the moral high ground and think that they should be consulted even when sometimes the financial rules say that they can't be consulted um i think it's ridiculous i think people need to grow football as a business and our, fo- our the business of our football liverpool football club is in good hands that's all i have to say about it to be honest right so on that then and i'm sort of leading into the discussion we were having because this esl or the concept of the esl and the narrative that was put out there about the esl is going to. Is going, there you go. It's, it must be. Yeah, it's ten past eleven. Pete's off to, to, to get put ten ten cent in the meat or so. Is that Mrs. Let's him keep talking. Ten past twelve <laughs> over there. I know ten past twelve over there. Um, but I, to be fair, right, I'm 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 coming. Like this ESL is is driving so many weird narratives that's going on. Um, and it's really just a case of what can fans get behind to give out about how their club is being run? Because let's be honest about this. The the the, the criticism of the ESL is now defunct because it doesn't exist anymore. It's like, how can you keep giving out about all you can yeah. give out now about, about your owners and take out what, what you don't like about the owners? So where do we see, Keith, you're well-versed in European football, UEFA and all that type of stuff. What do you see the future of European football being over the next five years? Uh, the the idea of a European Super League has been going around for twenty years. Do you know what I mean? It's it's long been muted, and we've all heard it over the years. Um, the way this one dropped was the big ball. Like you touched on that, Phil. You know that it got dropped and thrown out there for everyone. What doing this? What doing the next season? Blah blah blah. UEFA got an absolute tap in open goal by that because they're a shit show. What they're doing is slowly killing football as well. And their new Champions League that's coming in in 2024 is not too different than a UEFA Super League. It just means they're getting their slice of the cake, bigger Mm. slice of the cake than anyone else. So they're looking after themselves, you know, and they're not stupid. They knew they needed them 12 clubs back in the fold very, very quick as well. And that's why UEFA aren't looking to punish them either. Do you know what I mean? UEFA aren't going to be doing that and silly like banning them from European competition. The Premier League are still threatening to punish the six clubs that's on the news today. Do you know what I mean? It's it, for for no, no tournament ever happened, but they're looking to do that. UEFA are a shit show. I think there has to be not reforms in European competition, but I think it will go closer to what the European Super League was muted than what the Champions League are, are doing and getting away with. Was the original plan right? No, I don't think it was. I don't think getting, you know, a closed shop where 
Liverpool are one of the biggest names in the world. Let's say Spurs. Spurs aren't. Spurs are a big club. They're traditionally a big club in England. We all know that. Spurs could finish bottom of that Super League and they get into it the next year. They could finish 10th in the Premier League that year and still get in. And that's what people, I think, had a big issue with. If there was a way that they could have expanded the Super League into a two-tier system so that it's not just teams from five countries in it, it might have been a, more of a goer. But the, the nature of it, the closed shop, which the new Champions League are saying if United were to miss out on qualifying, their coefficient will get them in in any way. Mm. What's the blading? What's the, the same thing. It's yeah, the same what's the thing. difference? It's to ensure, and this has been the Champions League over the years, increasing the number of teams that were allowed in from certain countries ensured that the big teams would not miss out. And then money comes into it, there's more big teams, and then big teams are missing out. So, you yeah. know, they just want to protect their their baby and not entertain another one. I think it's it need the whole thing needs a reform. I think it's it's going one way, it's not a good way. But people will say, oh no, it's the it's the European Cup. It's not the European Cup, it's the fucking Champions League. It's a totally different exactly. Thing. If you if you if you if you wanted to experience football like it really should be, there just should be one team one team from every country going to compete. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're rewarded uh, to go on the European stage and win it. But but that's not that's not what football is these days. So you may as well just have a big ESL. I'm not for it. I'm I'm totally against it. As I said earlier on, I'm totally against the whole idea that the FA the FA Cup is a lot of bollocks. Yeah. I enjoyed some really good times with the FA Cup and the League Cup yeah. and the UEFA Cup. UEFA Cup, yeah. It's all a bag of bollocks now. And we may as well well, Phil, we may as well like now we've got the FA the, Cup's a bag of bollocks. No, the FA Cup is the FA Cup is beautiful. It's irrelevant. Most of the viewers are probably probably agree with you there, you know, because it has been an absolute load of show for the last uh, couple of decades. But that's but that's what traditional football should be about, you know, giving the little clubs the chance of coming up against um, the massive clubs and then playing the, the proper team out. And then the cup final day should be two of the best teams in the country, you know, and that's not what that's not what it is anymore. And it's the same in Europe. Like it's just everybody from everywhere, and as I think Keith is absolutely on the money, you know, and um, they'll they'll play the percentages over the years, and they'll make sure that Juventus are always there, Inter are always there, no matter what, Milan will always be there, uh, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Chelsea, they'll always be there, uh, you know, they'll always, always, and that's that's what the future is. So do we embrace it, or do you? Because if we want it all reversed. It's like it's gonna take a massive effort. Can can I? Uh, um, I, again, it sort of touches on all the all the all the topics we've done tonight. But I think it's hilarious. The ESL is the worst um, tournament ever. Yeah, it was structured better than any of the Champions League tournaments have been so far, right? And the the idea of getting having a playoff at the end with two league campaigns is brilliant. Um, the current UEFA are going to have some type of fucked up competition in 24-25, which they'll quickly reverse when, when they see viewing figures drop off horrifically. When you have a random algorithm generating who's playing who at the start of the season over a random number of fixtures um, in one league 
where you uh, Liverpool could be in the same league as United, not play each other, and United could finish top. Of the, I don't know how can you have a league where the teams don't play each other at least once? It doesn't make any sense, right? Mm. So as I said to you, it's it's a horrible, disgusting piggery of a, of a tournament, which will ha- which when people are saying here people aren't interested in football, they'll be less interested when they see this. When mm. you, when when Manchester City get get drawn to play in the random algorithm. Uzbekistan's under 12s goat haired national side, right? The some uh, Ukrainian side, yeah, some Slovakian, some Slovakian side, and they don't get to play a single big team in the league and win all the matches and come top the league and be four seeds going in. They'd be saying that's that's it's it's a lot of bollocks. There's no real Mm. merit to what they're trying to do. I don't think football is sustainable in its current form. There's too many clubs in existence, too many full time clubs in England, professional clubs in England. Um, most leagues don't have a professional league below the second tier so it's mm. like at that stage it goes to semi-pro that doesn't happen in England um, too many of them struggling as well this, 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 this is the whole problem you've got this whole sort of pyramid structure that exists in England that are reliant on this top level and the filter down a transfer fees I think this summer is going to be an eye-opener for a lot because I think the teams at the top won't have the money to spend as they have done and it's going to cause an awful lot of trouble for teams at the lower end of the pyramid yeah. because that, that flow down of money is not going to be there mm. and the biggest challenge to the European to European football as we know is going to be FIFA not the Premier League not the fans not the owners it's going to be FIFA because FIFA want to get rid of the World Cup and people aren't going to like this right but I don't see international football in 20 years time I, don't, I can't see it in its current form it's not watchable the interest is being massively lost in Western countries where they where their biggest television rights are being sold. I think the seller for them is a World Cup, a proper club's World Cup, right? Where you have regional zones and you end up in a tournament either every two years or every four years or initially in between the cycle of the World Cups, which actually then goes in um, conflict with the European Cups and the African Nations Cups and all those other ones that are being done. And when you bring those in, that's when the real pyramid gets threatened because FIFA will say that those players can't play in their the, uh, in their international tournaments because they have to prioritise the FIFA tournament, which will be the Club World Cup. Mm. Once you focus on clubs, international football dies. Once you focus on the international top-end clubs, domestic leagues die. Yeah. Who's going to watch Burnley against Watford? Why would you watch Burnley against Watford? I don't care about mid-table teams, right? You could not pay me to watch Aston Villa against who who's in the Premier League, West Brom, whatever it is, right? You couldn't pay me to watch one of those games. There's nothing enjoyable to watch in that unless you're a fan of those clubs, right? You could pay me, like or, or, or would happily pay to see um Santos against Barcelona in a World Club Cup. I'd happily pay to see Kashima Antlers against AC Milan. What was the crowd <laughs> yeah. that used to be in um, sensible world club of soccer? The the Ghanaian team. Um there was you but you used to be able to sign loads of the, those players and they were brilliant <laughs> in the game, right? So so this is gone. But anyway, let's go back to the mid-90s. But I'm, I'm all I'm saying to you is ultimately, no matter what way you do it, we're gonna have this cat's abortion of a tournament because it's got whoever signed up to the Champions League, they've signed up for the next six years. These things come in six year cycles, and that's why nearly at once every decade we hear about the European Super League. And every decade we get one step closer. And we got very close this time. Yeah. I think we're getting much closer to what that's gonna be. Well, I just want to jump in there. Um RK Omar says I wouldn't watch Santos against Barca. Well you wouldn't at the moment and you wouldn't in the current World Club championship because it's not got any competitive edge. But if you make that a competitive tournament, 
you'd be all over that. Someone else says they're fucking wasted. River play versus Real Madrid. Be one of the biggest games in world football if you know football history. Yeah. That'd be absolutely mammoth. And, and if you're thing, looking at that in a competitive yeah. nature, yeah. like that's what football's all about. Well, you're, t- you're talking about South America. Yeah, we're And we think that only European football exists. But yeah. to be honest with you, I, th- I think the huge, big problem with the ESL... Wendy's Frosty Chino is cold brew with Frosty Creamer. So ditch the stuffy coffee shop and say hasta la vista, barista. Because only Wendy's Frosty Chino is cold brew with Frosty Creamer. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Is that Fiorentino Perez probably was threatening to give football uh, a sneak preview as to what UEFA were planning to do with it. And UEFA didn't like that very much. Mm-hmm. Hearts of Oak. Good man, Mohamed Yogi. Hearts of Oak. From Ghana. Neil yeah. Lampety and all those players. It is, yeah. um, It is like, I think you're right there, Pete. You know, it, it, on reflection, with none of the owners told their, their, their people below them about it. Like, was no. it, was it even, was there, was there much planning? Even, even the website looked fake. <laughs> I think I think he went off and got a very big backer maybe from China or, or the United Arab Emirates and decided I'm going to give them I'm going to do this tournament myself uh, and I'm going to promise the clubs a bigger slice of the pie. I and heard because 48 hours later, UEFA had up the money to say to say oh we've got seven billion on, on the pot. It yeah. became it's like a bidding war to be honest, which is all it was. Yeah. I yeah, heard it was. Gav made say for the European Super League. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, Gav and Stephen Daly both were working together hard in the European Super League on the Sunday night when they announced it. It was just throwing them quick lads, rack up a site there, will you? Comic Sans All done for charity in case the tax man is watching. <laughs> just looking at uh, Shane Downs, the, the uh, virus totally gone off the, the conversation lately, hasn't <laughs> it? God. You know, uh, it's it's a it's forced well, apart from Jamie, um it's the first time I've seen VAR mentioned in the last while. I think as much as I've supported VAR, I think, I think I'd think i like to see it go just to make Jamie happy. And just, <laughs> he deserves uh, it. Uh, no, just to make him happy and, and let him uh, fall back in love with football. But, but that's another thing that sort of, you know, we don't like this, get rid of this, this isn't their game, this isn't what we what we do. And it's been made to fail. Invade the stadium. It's been made to fail. Yeah, invade the stadium. <laughs> the that was probably a VAR protest when your man fucked the camera down yeah. off the... Onto Is the that fixture. far? Is that far? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get rid of that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it was destined to fail. It was always destined to fail. That's right. Yeah. That's another thing about um, the, the power of social media these days. There's too many people uh, are trying to represent everybody, you know, yeah, you like, this. you know, what, 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 what is, what, what is that? Like that people are speaking for more, for other people exactly. all the time. And moral and consciences. I don't want to name this, names, Andy. Yeah. yeah. There's a, uh, you know, in between, and Phil, has an opinion on this as well, but open letters, uh, statements being released from nobody's <laughs> like, come on, like, where is this? Where is entitled entitlement? It's the, so, it's the, so. it's the cancer of, of, of personality trait, isn't it? Entitlement. Why? Time to shut up. Okay. Gav says shut up. <laughs> why, um, why is it, why is it that, uh, that people feel like they can speak for everyone nowadays? And tell and tell and tell everybody what you think. That entitlement, entitlement, well, can, can, it's I, disgusting. I, I, it's disgusting. And Andy, can you imagine the crack 
if there was a fan representative on the board. Can you imagine the war, right? It, as I, I said to these lads, it's like the scene out of the life of Brian. There'll be splitters all over the shop. That's the Judean people's front over there, and that's the people's front of Judea, yeah. and that's the liberation front of Judea over here. What did the, the Romans ever room. give us? What the Romans ever give us? Well, they gave us the canals and well, yeah, walking sewerage. It's when you step back yeah, and step when yeah. everyone's giving out saying, "Well, they're not doing this and they're not doing that and they're not doing this and they're not doing that." It's when yeah. you step back and say, "Well, what have they given us?" And you realise how much they've actually done and what they've delivered. It's fantastic, mm. and it's very hard to say they're terrible people that need to go in the bin because they uh, wanted to they wanted in on a tournament that was going to double the revenue and make them one of the richest clubs on the planet. I'm sorry, <laughs> but here's it. <laughs> Here's a bit of an off-topic question, Rick, which which is out there. This uh, comment from Shane uh, Downs that they make me think of it. Like everyone's entitled to their own opinion. To be honest, 100% agree. People shouldn't be following crowds. Uh, also known as zebra pants. Yes, they. Okay. <laughs> um, like and, and that's what that's what I, fo- I find a lot of uh, people's it's opinions so on on social media are are for the audience as opposed to what people are actually saying. So anyway. The off-topic question, I'd be interested to hear what P has to say. If if social media was validated, um, you know, so you, you had to be yourself on social media, um, would it would it encourage uh freedom of speech or would it would it hamper people? Would people be afraid to speak their mind? Do you think it'd be a positive or a negative thing to have a social media platform where people had to be themselves? If you're asking me, it would be positive in the sense that there would be nobody abused anymore. So that would be yeah. out the window. But it would be just like it. You might as well just have a social media poll. Okay, here's the three options. Do you want A, B, or C? And that's what social media would be. I think there's a lot of cowardice out there. I mean, I go, as you know, I go on in my own name. We all go on in our own names here because mm, we're not we assholes. Uh, well, you, but everybody knows who you are, Phil. We're not, we're not, we're not assholes. We're, we don't want to abuse people. Okay, we have private forums and we we th- we we say what we have to say indoors like normal people. But I think it would there was there's a positive side to it. Yeah, a, a lot of these. I mean, I get abused by. I've never been abused by John Smith, you know, um, accountant from Leicester. I get abused by Bazo six nine seven who wants to call me a uh, a woke nigger. You know, whenever whenever he feels like I've said something that doesn't please him, so I think I still think everybody should be verified. And then you would actually see people having to think about their opinion before they offer it, because they they what they're thinking of. of okay, I want people to understand that I'm not an idiot, so I'm going to have to think about this topic and and search how I really feel about it before I offer an opinion instead of this reactionary bullshit that we see all the time. Oh, and by the way, you know, Phil has something to say, so I'm just going to call him a knacker from Drimna or Andy has something to say because he's a Northsider mm. or whatever. Mm. You know, people would actually have to think about what they have to say. So yeah. there's never going to be a negative for, for accountability. I'll never, yeah. I'll never say so, that. So where, where would you stand then on, I mean, the one of the counter arguments to that is that people, maybe they're working in a certain job or whatever, they won't speak out and they'd be, they'd be kind of hushed by the fact that they're, it's them. I think I think Norman hits it on the head. The problem for me with all this, you have mm. to verify, you have to have accountability. Is people don't accept different v- viewpoints. Nobody accepts different viewpoints, right? And if you aren't on the non-offensive side of the fence, people are going to take offense and they come at you like a mob. So mm. you can't say, Andy, if you honestly have a, v- a viewpoint that doesn't fit with the liberal 
agenda, which is, and I'm, and I'm, and listen, people are going to think, no, I'm a big, huge conservative that's there and I'm, I'm a mad Republican, but it's not. What I'm talking about is if you aren't ultra woke in everything you think and say and do, then you're basically going to be cancelled. It's cancel culture. And the problem with, and that's why for me, I do not believe in this idea of having to make people identify themselves. I have, I'm fully on board with social media companies banning somebody immediately if they have abused somebody or anything like that. And that's where they let themselves down. But I don't believe that you should be made to put your name, put your view or anything like that. The problem I have, the problem I have, right, with this massively is that, again, cancel culture and the way people approach different opinions is disgusting. I should be able to say something that you don't agree with without the fear of being cancelled because I have an opinion to that level. The idea of social media is people are meant to be able to speak their mind. It doesn't mean that you have to speak the 100% political correctness all the time because you may not be- believe in the political correct view. You may not believe that that's the right thing. And I'm not talking about racism. I'm just talking about things mm-hmm. in general. You might think that that's a ridiculous thing. You might think, I don't believe in unisex toilets. I think it's it's the wrong thing. I think it's very, it's 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 disempowering or whatever the word is for women to, to have that in there to make women who, who are, are scared to go. And then somebody will come at me and say, there's no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as sex. And how dare you say this? And this is all about. And I'm there going, I'm sorry. This is why I do not want to get involved with this type of debate. And some people say, well, I want to get involved in the debate, but I don't want to be able to put my name to it because I don't want to be personally seen to hold an opinion that may impact me if I'm going for a role or a job somewhere else. Right. Mm. And that to me is you cannot have debate. You cannot have constructive and engage in debate on any type of social media platform if you force people to verify and validate themselves only as what they are you know what i mean Mm. i think you're right i think there's a difference between and we need to make a distinction between attacking people for who they are i.e who they who they were born their skin color etc and what they believe or what they think and that's the difference between you know discrimination and critical thinking and I think there's a very, very there's no there's no line between both on Twitter and social media. Uh, people they go from if they can't handle somebody else's critical thinking based on their beliefs or based on their opinions, they slip over to the other side of oh I'm just going to attack who you are, and that should be the line that is not allowed to be crossed. The minute you cross that line, it's over. The debate is over. Kevin Sullivan, I don't, I don't know what, I, I can't see that comment. I don't know what you're talking about. If, if there was something, I called you an outsider, and oh, right. um, you just let it go. Oh, right. I thought there was, I thought there was, I thought there was a scummy, <laughs> scummy comment or something. I, I didn't see, no. I didn't read it. So, no. um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a chat for another day, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. Uh, whether, whether we would benefit from having verified, but people would yeah. be afraid to speak up under their own name, but then. As as Pete does say, one hundred percent, it would stop this troll behavior. People Listen. once once they know it's them, um, it's all well and good being a pretendy account and making racist remarks at players or sexist remarks at yeah. uh, f- female uh, pundits and, and whatever. Like it's they're pretty speech is a fine thing, but you know racism and, and homophobia is not. So, yeah, you know, and I, I you probably find you probably find that most of these uh, people are, are making those remarks and then that they're normal people in real life, you know. So yeah. it's it's uh, I think we need to um, need to need to. To stop that, yeah. Yeah. again, you made the point, sorry, you made the point earlier on on the apologies that um, 
Um, what about bosses? You know, would you, and I think I think then that trips over to another boundary that you know bosses should be invited to understand that people are, are free to express their opinion based mm. on critical thinking. You know, yeah. and I, I think it should be the same rule upwards. And that's what down. You know, exactly. It's another point I was going to make when people are wrong about their views on whether whether whatever it is, they should be challenged and educated as opposed to shamed. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember, uh, I look, Byron, John Byron speaks out very well about um, pretty much all topics, but he, yeah. he made a boo-boo himself one time when he was on Big Brother and he talked about uh, how he still feels homophobic. Mm-hmm. And he was slaughtered on social media over it. This is my exact but, point. But he was, he was uh, honest enough and brave enough to come out on a, on a TV show, um, and I, and it, the purpose was to was to educate people that you you're not responsible for your own thoughts a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and the shaming of people, the, t- the taking down of people, um, it, I often wonder why somebody who campaigns so hard for a cause, uh, wants to make things so trivial. You know, right, I mean, we've all we've all said things we've regretted in the past on social yeah. media or in art in people. And, and, and can I can life. I say something, Andy? What we say today, by going on the accelerated pace of what's not acceptable, right, <laughs> won't be acceptable in a year's time. And what we say in a year's time won't be acceptable before we even say it. So it's like this, at, at this at this rate, at some point, and the worst thing about it is for all the good that comes out of people trying to learn and be challenged and be educated, for all the good that comes out of it, right, so much more gets thrown in in the view of righteousness that you often lose you often lose the wood through the trees, right? Mm. You often just see that this is the wrong thing and this is the wrong thing and this is the wrong thing. And then if you cannot have an open debate, people who need to be challenged and need to have that debate and have the, have their views and viewpoints challenged no longer appear. And they go off and they find other world, other places and just end up being with like-minded people because they don't feel like that there is where you that this is somewhere where they're they're free to speak their mind or free to ha- engage with a debate because if they do, they'll be ridiculed and potentially, potentially you have their lives impacted. And mm-hmm. look, that's not a defense of racism or anything else that's there. And what my, my point is that to close down channels where people can have open and free debate is not the way to solve the issue mm-hmm. with debate and, and to solve education and improving people in this culture, mm-hmm. in, 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 the, in, in this world. And that's why I didn't agree with the social media ban. I could understand what the players are doing and that was absolutely fine. The media jumping on board to be self-righteous was a load of bollocks. And then you have all these people who, going back to Andy's point, open statements and all this type of stuff. Nobody even knows who you are saying that they're going off social media over the weekend. I'm like, fair oh. play, lads. Well done. <laughs> can you stay off? You know <laughs> I thought that was funny today, Gav. Don't, don't, don't mention any names. <laughs> don't mention any names. Right. Listen, that has been the forum. I want to thank Keith Plunkett for coming in at last minute notice. I want to thank Pete over there, all the way Cheers, over there. Boys. Cheers, from, um, from Barcelona. Barcelona. And then I want to thank Andrew Young. All the way. Look, and put my hand in. T- Looks at that magic look. Oh yeah, day day eight of golf. It's been hard. Um, experienced, experienced all sorts. So jealous of it. Come here, uh, Kev. I didn't see that comment. I, I, I am the worst uh, multitasker in the world. <laughs> someone, someone else needs to deal with the comments. Uh, I can't see and think at the same time. <laughs> mm. Think and see. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> right, that has been the show tonight. I have been your host, Phil Casey. Um, tomorrow night there's a show. I don't. I actually don't know what the order of the shows are. It's, um, it's bound to be somebody. Maybe they'll set fire to the truss and we'll have somebody <laughs> playing a song on the top of it. And there'll be something else to talk about tomorrow, right? Um, uh, until then, that's been. Yeah, the show. There's, there's loads of loads of shows this week. That's all. Loads yeah, of shows. There is loads of shows. We have shows all the time, and they're all yeah, free. They're all free of charge. We're not, we're not looking for money off anyone. I'm and taking a break next week. Um, I've decided so. I'm gonna have a night off. We're not paying night. enough. Yeah. Not paying me enough. I actually have an assignment, an assignment to get in that's overdue now at this stage, and it's due in next Tuesday. And I'm already behind as it stands. So, uh, I'm gonna need the whole night around on the Monday night. So, that's been the crack. Um, that's been the forum. Hope you all learned something tonight. And if you didn't, go and talk to Gary Neville. Attention, Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.